In this episode, I'm live in the Bungle Bungles and I talk to Lee Collins, the base manager of Heli Spirit Operations out here in the Bungles. Join me as I have a great chat with Lee. Hope you enjoy learning all things helicopter and all things tourist in the Bungles. For this episode, it's a little a little bit different. We're definitely well in the field. In fact, I'm sitting here at a, a, a table overlooking the Bungle Bungles or Pernalulu, whatever you like to call it. And um, we've, on a recent trip, we've come out here, and one of the things we've done is a helicopter flight. And uh, the helicopter flight was really good. I had a young pilot called Sam. And I thought, geez, there's a bunch of this crew around here. I thought, I bet they've got a bit of an interesting story to tell. So um, with a bit of wrangling, I've managed to, to tie down Lee Collins. And Lee is the base manager out here at Helispit at, it, do we call it the Bungle Bungles or Pernalulu, Lee? Uh, we're in Pernalulu National Park, but the range itself is called the Bungle Bungles. Bungle Bungles. So welcome, mate. Um, so your name's Lee Collins. How old are you, bud? I'm 25. 25. And what's your role out here? Yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, as you said, I'm the, I'm the base manager here at the, the Bungles for, for Helispirit. So uh, pretty much what that entails is trying to make everything run as smoothly as possible. Yeah, look, I, well, I'm pretty impressed. I, I did the flight yesterday, and I will just put a disclaimer out that um, myself, my wife, and a couple of friends, we did the flight, and we paid full price. So this is not an ad for Heli Spirit, but what if I praise it up, it's because it, it actually was good. Um, and we did do the flight yesterday. I've got to say, it looks like you run a pretty professional operation out here. Like, it was very well scheduled, how we were briefed and put on the put on the helicopter and all the rest of it. Yeah, we try our best. Yeah, no, he did a good job. But how many pilots have you got out here? Uh, so currently we've got, uh, I think there's six or seven of us. Um, yeah, and, and all, all of us will be based out here for the the whole season right okay so that interests me because if you've if you've been out here to, to the bungles or Pernalulu, you'll know it's a fair drive in I've, I've got to say i've read a lot of reviews saying it's a it's a real rough road in and allow two two and a half hours to get in we're lucky enough to be here really early in the season so the road was actually i thought it was really good um so it wasn't a bit but it's still a drive like we're basically between halls creek and kununurra and uh, about 50 odd k's off the highway, there's there's not much nightlife out here, mate. Nah, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, so how do you how do you live out here? What's what's the setup? Yeah, so sort of our arrangement is um, yeah, just next to to the runway, I guess, uh, just away from the office. We've got um, uh, I guess you'd call them safari tents. Um, so we that's our. That's our bedroom, effectively. Yeah, a little safari tent. We've got a nice kitchen down there and a bit of a dining area. So, uh, yeah, we all, all live together, work together, sort of spend 24-7 together and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, everybody chips in around the place. Yeah. And, um, yeah, in terms of logistics and all that sort of stuff, uh, our sister company is Avier. They operate out of Kananara, so we get all our food brought down uh, on the plane once a week. So. Right, makes eh? life pretty easy. So you guys have got showers and stuff like that there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We might be a bit smelly for, for passengers otherwise. Yeah, unlike us poor campers out here, mate. There's no showers here either, I'll just tell you, if you're coming into camp. So bring plenty of water. But it, um, no, it's a great place, a great place. But look, tell me a little bit about you. So how long have you been flying professionally? Uh, so professionally, uh, it's been about three years now. Um, yeah, so got my licence back in 2018 and been going ever since pretty much yeah. okay where did you start flying 
Uh, started flying here at, at, with Heli Spirit. Right. Uh, yeah, so I was based at, at Warman, uh, which is no longer a base for us because now we've got the uh, the Bungle Caravan Park on the on the corner there. So, uh, yeah, that's where I started. Um, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, right. Okay. And and look, end of the day, like the tourism industry is a, is a big a big feeder for for uh, for pilots. I've, I've got a mate that runs a, a fixed wing charter business. Uh, mate, it's a great opportunity to get to, to get a ton of hours up in a season. Yeah, because there's tons of opportunities to fly. Absolutely, get you get you a lot of experience out yeah. here doing these sorts of jobs. Yeah. So where did you grow up, mate? Uh, so I'm from Mount Gambier uh, in South Australia. There, right down the bottom tip. So yeah. a little bit of a, a different climate down there. So uh, yeah, yeah, I was yeah lived there. I was born there and lived there until I was 18, and sort of going to and fro from uni there. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, being a fellow crow eater, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> it, um, so what, mate, when did the flying bug bite? What, what, how did you know this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, it was, um, it's probably early to mid teens. I think it was, uh, yeah. Um, me and my family went for a bit of a road trip along the great ocean road there, went up in a helicopter, uh, saw the 12 apostles, um, yeah, that, that initially caught the bug, and then we did a trip up to uh, Darwin where my sister was living at the time, uh, and we did uh, another helicopter ride around Victoria River there, and uh, that pretty much cemented it, really. That's the order. So yeah. about what age was that? Um, so, yeah, that would have been probably, I was in probably about year 10 at, at school, so... Jeez, whatever, whatever yeah, age that okay. was, just wanted so, back the clock. Righto. So you're in year ten. So how does that set your your curriculum? How, how do you how do you steer yourself towards being a, a helicopter pilot? Yeah. So I, through I suppose year eleven and twelve, where you get to choose your subjects and all that sort of stuff, I try to give my myself sort of the best opportunity through there. So um, yeah, chose sort of the math subjects, the physics subjects, um, stuff like that. That sort of gives you a little bit of Bit of a setup, I guess, uh, going into, um, I suppose, aviation and that. Um, yeah. But it definitely sort of prepares you um, for the uni side of things. Um, yeah, so I, I did a little bit differently to probably most guys. Um, so I went to uni in Adelaide for, for three years, studied aviation there. And then after that, I got my helicopter licence. Um, whereas most blokes, they, they sort of jump out of high school and they can, they can go and do their helicopter license straight away right okay so you've gone down the uni path so i guess yep. that's given you a bit of a hex debt but you're mm. you've got that funded yep what if what what for the guys that jump in and out of high school like what how much does it cost yeah so uh i guess for myself through uni and all that sort of stuff um you have to work a fair bit to actually try and fund all your training because uh, it is quite expensive so um yeah, especially for the guys who don't go down the uni pathway, they're, they're still reasonably young. They probably haven't had a ton of work, so they have to try and save up as much as possible. Um, but there is some flight schools out there that do offer a sort of a vet fee help, I think it is. Right. Um, but, yeah, most of the time I, th- I think it comes from the parents. They're, they're um, more than happy to give up that money okay. yeah. and, yeah, put us through it. Yeah, righto. It... Um it's yeah, I guess there's there's a fair commitment. There's a lot of study and a lot of practical. I, I, I I'm imagining with a fixed wing aircraft, you can get a bunch of mates together and, and maybe hire an aircraft and and go somewhere and get some hours up that way. How do you how do you get your hours up with a helicopter? 
Um, so I guess it's similar to uh, your, your driver's license, really. So when you go through your training, you have to do a certain amount of hours. Uh, that's with an instructor on board. Um, yeah, so you, you do, I think it's minimum about 110 hours you have to do. Okay. Um, but, yeah, once you, once you get your license, you, um, yeah, sort of pick up whatever work you can, yep. really. Yeah, you try and uh, probably more go to a helicopter company, work on the ground for, you know, a, a bit of time, and they'll give you some flights here and there to do, and that, that just gradually builds up your yeah. experience. Excellent. Looked like you got a, a good bunch here. Everyone was chipping in yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a show. And yeah. when I had a chat to yesterday afternoon, it was a bit of banter. It was obviously a bit of fun. Yeah, well, I suppose when you're sort of stuck out here for six <laughs> months, you got to lighten things up every now and then. So where, where did you uh, train or learn? That was it, uni in Adelaide? Uh, so I did uh, – I chose to do uni because it – it gives you more of a, I suppose, background, in-depth knowledge of the, actually how the industry works right. uh, itself. Um, but, yeah, so my helicopter flight training, that was a separate thing to uni. Um, but I, I started in Adelaide with a uh, um, flight training company down there. Um, yeah, did that sort of privately on and off for about a year and a half. And then, uh, yeah, I learned about... Um, Australian Helicopter Academy that runs through Heli Spirit up here and finished off my license up here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 fairly in depth, and I guess sometimes people go to jump in a helicopter and feel a bit daunted. But I, I think you can be fairly reassured. You guys have had to put the hard yards in before you can get behind the controls, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Where else have you worked in here? You said something earlier about Kalgoorlie. What was what did you do down there? Yeah, so I worked down in Kalgoorlie for about six months. Um, so. Generally, there's there's not too much scenic stuff to do down there, um, but yeah, it's more because it is heavily a mining town. We do a lot of sort of survey works there, so um, yeah, generally it's it's low level stuff. Um, yeah, generally looking for water fields or uh, even doing some historical surveys where we we take some of the, the local indigenous people out and try and find some um, sort of sacred sites and. Yeah, even just taking out some um, some geologists, tr- going to get some uh, some soil samples and all that sort of stuff, just because it's so hard to access out there. Yeah, on the way here, we went out. We we made a fairly massive detour and went out to a couple of cattle stations. We had some connections with, and on one of those, we bumped into a couple of couple of musterers, helicopter musterers. Yeah. They didn't quite dress the same as you guys in uniforms, and they look, <laughs> looked a bit different. I got to tell you, but um, I, I guess that's a whole different arm of of helicopter work. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's generally um, initially if you go mustering, that's sort of the pathway that you want to go down. Um, but yeah, those those boys that are up in there, they're, they're a bit of a different breed. They like to live life on the edge of their seat, I guess. I got that uh, impression. Yeah, yeah, but very, very skillful guys, that's for sure. Absolutely. Mate, what's the, what's the end goal for you, mate, with, with, with the being a pilot? What's, what's your ambition? Uh, my ambition is pretty much to um, yeah, get in with a company that does an array of things um so pretty much where if, if that's sling work or survey work um or you know even the odd scenic here and there sort of trying to get into that uh, sort of industrial side of things uh probably a little bit more so yeah right yeah. what about like out here what's your ratio of of guys to girls i saw a couple of girls yesterday so yeah so it is a heavily male dominated industry I yep. guess you'd say 
Um, so out here currently, I think there's there's about eight of us, and we've got uh, we've got yeah one or two girls out here at each time. Yeah. Yeah. Just to know we are genuine. You can hear a helicopter in the background. So <laughs> <laughs> we are actually at a helicopter field. Um, actually, no, we're not. That's a fixed wing aircraft just plane, just yeah, turned just up. Landed. I'm sure the helicopters are going to start in a minute because I can see the tourists starting to roll up. What, um, mate, we've come in here and we're early season, like the park was only just opened up a few days ago and um, it's, and I sort of had the impression, we rocked up yesterday and, you know, within 40 minutes we were able to jump on a helicopter, do our thing. How busy does it get in here in season? Um, yeah, so we've got three helicopters based here during the peak season. Pretty much those three helicopters are going all day, every day. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I would imagine, do you, how far out would you need to book? Um, so I'd definitely give it at least a month at the absolute minimum. Wow, this is sort of in peak June, July, is it? Yeah, sort of, you're looking into May, June, July, um, sort of start of August, that's the absolute peak time. Right. Uh, yeah, generally we can try and slot in, in around um, tour buses, so uh, our base does take a lot of tour buses, um, Outback Spirit, APT, all those sorts of guys. Um, yeah, so we can sort of just slide us in around around those times, but generally we need we need a bit of time, but it's yeah. up through there. I could imagine, like the campground wasn't that busy last night, but I could imagine it being absolute chock-a-block in, in, in season. And I've got to say, it's definitely worth it. I've done done the walk and, and the flight, and to get the both perspectives, it's it's unreal. So, yeah, I guess the advice would be that if you're travelling in your van or four-wheel drive or whatever and, and you're thinking about coming in and wanting to do a flight to try and, and you want to do it on the day you want to do it, to give you guys as much notice as possible. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Be great help to us. That's yeah. For sure. So, what do you what do you do after the season? What do all the crew here do? Like, that's okay. So, we finish up in what? what when does the season finish for you? Um, so, usually, sort of towards the end of September, around start of October. Um, yeah, usually uh, guys leave a little bit earlier because the work is drying up. Um, if we're lucky. We can go to another flying job somewhere, uh, but it's a little bit hard because, you know, some companies don't really want to take you on for six months of the year. Um, they'd probably prefer full-time pilots, but those full-time pilot positions are quite hard to come across. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there is a few guys, uh, like myself, I'm a joiner by trade. Um, so, yeah, I nick off back home or uh, go down to Kalgoorlie where my partner is and, uh, yeah, jump into some cabinet making or some joinery down there. Yep. Yeah, okay. So off-season work and on-season work. Well, you might, I, I guess there's a, there's a fair bit of appeal to come up here. It's It looks like you guys have a fair bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's hard to have a bad day when you're in a place like this, really, especially when you're around passengers that, well, they're on holiday, everybody's happy. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, contagious after a while, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, even though helicopter flying is not cheap, you'll still feel good about it when yep. you've paid. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. What would you say to the people that, that have a little bit of trepidation about about jumping in the chop? I, I've got to say, I, I'm not great with heights, and um, the first chopper I did was in Hawaii. That was a great flight, but it had doors on it. Yep. And then I did one last year around Lorella Springs, and that was like the choppers you guys use, and had no doors. And I thought I'd be a bit panicky, but I didn't feel panicky at all. It was, it was quite exhilarating. and felt very safe. Do you, do you get many, many customers that are 
that are, that are grabbing hold of the pilot? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it can be a little bit daunting because you do have the, the doors off, um, so you're sort of looking straight down to the ground nearly. But, um, yeah, I guess my advice would be not to hang on too tight. Yeah. Loosen your grip a bit. Don't uh, don't get those white knuckles. But uh, yeah, you do get some people when you're turning uh, the passenger in the front. You usually get them nearly sitting in your lap. Usually, I, I reckon it's only for the first few minutes because all of a sudden the adrenaline kicks in and the fun kicks in. Absolutely. And, uh, and you well and truly build it in. Like it's 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 that. Yeah. So anyway, advice to anyone that's thinking, oh, will I? Won't I? Give it a crack. It, um, mate. I can assure you, I, I'm one not not great with heights and was was an absolute ball for me mate back let's go back to your to your trainings where, where did you hire a helicopter did you have to go to a flight school as well as uni yeah yep yep so went to uni that gives you all the sort of the background knowledge i guess um, of how the whole industry works um and then i went to a flight training school separately as well so um yeah started out in adelaide came up to um aha up here with heli spirit um, so what you really need to do is you have seven exams to pass before you even get in the pilot seat, really. Yeah. Um, so you have to sit those exams, which it can be pretty tricky, um, that's for sure. But once you get those exams down packed, it gives you all that nice, solid theory foundation. Uh, then, yeah, you go to a flight training school, you, you hire an aircraft out per hour, I guess you'd say, and, um, yeah, you just got to keep going until you so, get a ticket. So what are you paying out to hire an, hire an aircraft? Uh, yeah, so for, for training, you're looking um, for your smaller aircraft, which is uh, what I did was in a, a Robinson R22. Um, so you're looking around that, I think it was about 580 mark for, for flight training per hour. Per, so you've got to be dedicated. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. And then how many hours of that do you have to do? Uh, minimum 110. Wow. Yeah, so, so you can do the maths and... Yeah, it's not not a it's not a small figure. There you go. So yeah, yeah so I guess you can say these guys are fairly dedicated and girls are yep. pretty dedicated to get yeah. where you are. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Who's the who's the joker in the crew? Oh, the joker. I'd, I'd say it's myself, but um, <laughs> yeah, a few of the other guys probably uh, probably wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jai down here, he's he's always up for a laugh. He's trying to trying to crack a joke Is he's he? got a few dad jokes in there so yeah there you yeah, go he thinks uh, they're good but and who does the cooking here uh so we all take in turns Do you? yeah so there's about seven of us so we cook once a week yeah yeah clean up twice a week so yeah you have a bit of a roster going that way it's all fair and nobody's sort of slacking off and yeah oh, that's awesome mate well hey listen thanks very much for taking time out of your day as we've been here there's obviously plenty of noise in the background of this episode we've had tourist cars turn up we've had fixed wing aircraft you can hear a helicopter in the background so tourists are starting to to roll in and and uh, jump in the choppers it's the quietest time of year i'd say yeah Yeah. it it is and i'd say to people yeah get up here early but i mean if and if you're not if you can't get here early make sure you book because it's something you don't want to miss out on i definitely rate it so uh Mate, as I said, I paid full price, but I give you guys a real good ad. I I give you five stars. Yep. I'll give you a big recommendation. I'll tell everyone that comes here. I reckon you should have a crack at this. It's it's a it gives you a whole perspective. You just can't understand the size of it. Yeah, absolutely. Just walk. You got to do a walk, but you've also got to do a flight. So yeah. see if you can fit it in. I've never had any unhappy customers. No. Usually people are pretty chuffed when they come back on the ground. Absolutely, that's awesome. Well, thanks, Lee. That's fantastic. 
And uh, mate, I'll let you go back, jump in the seat, and take, make some ha- people happy. Absolutely. All right, mate. Thank you. Thanks very much. No Bye. Worries. Hope you enjoyed that episode chatting with Lee in the Bungles. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast vehicle you're listening to. Hope to catch you again soon. There's some cracker episodes to be published.